So this is from Sahih Bukhari, Volume 1, Book 1, Number 3, Page 2. Truth came to him when he was in the cave of Hira. An angel came to him and said, Read. He, Muhammad said, I cannot read. Then he took me, and he pressed me until I couldn't stand it. This happened again a second time. Then he took me, and he pressed me a third time until I couldn't take it. Then he let me go and said, Read. In the name of the Lord who created man from a clock, and your Lord is the most generous. And that was the first revelation of the Quran. Muslims, Christians, and, and the, the zombie. zombie apocalypse. Muslims, Christians, and the zombie apocalypse. And the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome back. Yes, and today we're going to talk a little bit about the Hadith and uh, Muhammad. Right, this is series uh, about, what, what did we name the series? I think we named it the Basics of Islam because a oh, lot of people were asking. That's a, that's a good title. Islam 101. Right. And this is the third installment. That's right. Of a hundred part series. A hundred part series. That's, on that's an exaggeration. Yeah. Seriously, if you can't stand the first three, just give them and go to the next uh, podcast. <laughs> we still have here. To stop listening. We're we got like 30 here. other episodes. So right. anyway, um, we, we ended and I mentioned that we were going to talk a little bit about this idea of hadith. I, I say it's the meat and potatoes of the religion because a lot of the practices that you see that Muslims engage in day to day don't come from the Quran, but rather the hadith. Yeah, right. Because I've read the Quran and, uh, you know, like bits and pieces, done papers on it. And uh, it didn't seem like it had all of the, the rich um, directives, I guess, that, that I hear from Muslims. Right. Most of the, the Quran has more to do with sort of the nature of God and uh Judgment, mm. I would say, is the overarching themes. But in the Hadith, you have sort of the daily practices. And in the Hadith, it, you have so many different things. Right there at the beginning, uh, I recited a portion from the Hadith that gives us the uh, inspiration behind the Quran. So Muhammad was there in the cave. He encountered the angel Gabriel. It pressed him and said, read, and did it two other times. And on the third time, he finally recited something. And it, it, what he recited is the first revelation 96 uh, surah 96 1 through 5 recite in the name of the lord who created created man from a clot recite and your lord is most generous who taught you to write with the pen taught man what he knew not so that was the first revelation can we uh, stop for a second Muhammad. i have a question what is the hadith uh well it's a collection of things that muhammad did uh and said and not written by of, him no, Muhammad never actually wrote anything. It's believed uh, by Muslims that he was illiterate, and people have disputed that, but so far as the Muslim accounts go, he was illiterate. Wait, but he introduced the Quran. Right, and the Quran is a recited text. It's not actually... Oh, got it. Yeah. So and others would read it. Well, they would re he would recite it, others would memorize it, and then they would recite it. And so the Quran doesn't actually get copied down until later some... Oh, recited meaning like it wasn't written down. Exactly. He spoke it. Exactly. And it, it's not even so much like he's reading a text. It's like it's it's poetry, really. It's, it's singing. And it's, uh, we have that one uh, podcast with Peter Riddell. Listeners, if you want to go back, there's a, a series there 
on the Quran, and there's even a playing of a recitation from a young Saudi. Right. Um, that, was, that was really cool. So with the Hadith, it's more about what Muhammad uh, did. It's reports, really, about what Muhammad did. So how much are you talking said. about? How many volumes are you talking about? Oh, man. You, you have six what are called authentic or Sahih Hadith. So Sahih just means authentic, legitimate. Like verified. Verified Hadith. And the reason they have to be verified. Now, what you have with Hadith. I've heard it described as the telephone game, and that is a terrible, terrible, unfair description. What you have is the um, accounts that people would hear. So you have the Isnad, which is the chain of transmission, which would be like, Trevor heard that Howard said, that Katie said, that Benjamin said, that Chloe said, that this person heard Muhammad say this. And the Isnad is that chain, meaning Trevor, Howard, Katie, Benjamin, Chloe, to that person. That's the Isnad, the chain of transmission. Okay. Now, some people would say, well, it's like the telephone game. Let me explain. And they'll do it with five people. And by the end, you've played the telephone game. You get to the end and it's it's completely different. Totally wrong. This isn't an oral society. Telephone game is a really funny thing to see. Go to an oral society and try the telephone game and watch your jaw drop and go, wow. Yeah. They actually, and plus you're not whispering it in someone's ear and trying to mess them up like you do in the telephone game. Right. You know, you people so, out there. That's right. I was so, one of them. So an oral society, meaning they would tell the stories or recite the, right. the passages exactly. Mm-hmm. And they would, they, would, they would even recite the chain. And so the chain of transmission. Now, if there's anyone in that chain that was known to be a liar... Then oh. they would throw it out and say, well, it's an unreliable hadith. That person's known to be a liar. Get rid of it. Wow. So like for me in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you have to know who's, whose master is under your master's, you know. I mean, whose master's over your master. Yeah, if you just show up and wear a black belt and say, I got this from a guy named, uh, right. you know, Tito. Right. In, in Venezuela. <laughs> you know, like, it's not going to. Right. Okay. So I get it. Yeah. So there's a chain of tradition, uh, a transmission, I mean, that goes on the Hadith. And then there's also the matin or the content of the Hadith. And so the Hadith content is filled with very interesting things. And I mean, everything you could ever want to know, like the proper way that you should eat chicken. I mean, there would be details in there about how Muhammad ate. Uh, what Muhammad did, what Muhammad said. Like I said, there's more written about Muhammad, I would argue, than probably any other person on the face of the earth because these hadith, these six authentic hadith, each have four or five, six volumes themselves. So if I had all the authentic hadith standing here, they'd stack as tall as me. So you're saying like an encyclopedia Yes. And it's all about Muhammad. All about Muhammad and encounters things that he said or did. So time out. Is it like kind of like how we compile people's sermons? Um, Like, you know, like... um, people in the past that you know we like tozer or uh somebody like that where somebody has like sat down and transcribed or written down sermons and then published it so think about it from the instant sort of but if you think about it from this perspective a lot of muslims are not presumptuous about the day of judgment and god's mercy and so many people don't understand why but if you look at this one hadith from the hadith from the book of uh, it's called sahih muslim number 39 number 6761 the prophet said there is no one who will be admitted to paradise based only on his deeds. The man said, not even you, O messenger of Allah. He said, not even me, except that Allah wraps me in mercy. So if you want to know why Muslims are always talking about the mercy and the compassion of Allah, it's not about deeds alone. They get huh. it from this hadith. So if you walk into a mosque and an imam is teaching, would he be teaching out the Quran or the hadith? Both. 
both. Oh. And I would I would argue that most of the teachings I've heard come from the Hadith. There will usually be a recitation of the Quran, a brief explanation, and then a life principle that comes from the Hadith. Is the Hadith divine? No, not at all. So it's not like the Quran? No, in stature. and it should not be held in that, that same level of stature. You use the Quran to interpret the Hadith. So it's almost like a tool, like yep. a research. Commentary, well, not research, maybe. But yeah, yeah, commentary. Or, right. That's interesting. And so it's almost like a living commentary because it's Muhammad's life and how he lived out the principles of Islam and recorded in these hadith. Okay. So, but you had mentioned, and I don't know if I can say this, I might have to edit this, but you had mentioned before that a lot of people don't know that account of Muhammad when he heard um, the call to read Right, because there's a lot of debate about what actually happened there in that cave. Um, in all the different hadith, you have this encounter with an angelic being. Uh, Muslims would argue that it's the angel Gabriel, but you have Muhammad being afraid. Uh, some would argue terrified, and these all come from the different hadiths. And they would say when revelations comes upon Muhammad, um, that he would act strangely. And Christians have used these hadith to argue that Muhammad was probably under some sort of spiritual possession from a demonic force. Huh. And I've always said, I don't think you make any friends by arguing that Muhammad was under some sort of spiritual possession. Right. Why don't you just allow Muslims to uh, have their belief and talk with them about what you can talk about? Right. That would close down a conversation pretty fast. It, it would. And, yeah. and to be quite frank, I think it's just not loving. Yeah. You know, I mean... I, you know, back to that third grade theology, loving someone as you love yourself, I would feel greatly offended and discouraged if somebody came along and said, you believe a bunch of fairy tale nonsense when you look at the Bible. That, or, would, or that Jesus would not make is, me want to hang out with that guy. Or Jesus is demon possessed. There you go. Like that, right? and, and I'm pretty sure the Pharisees made that accusation. Right. Wow, that's that's cool. Okay, so keep going. Yeah, so you have all of these hadith, and I'm telling you, like, if you could imagine uh, anything you would want to know is in the hadith. You know, how, what, what, shoe you should put on first. I'm not exaggerating. Um, Why there are more uh, demons active in the sunset rather than the rest of the day. What foot you should walk. Yeah. Everything you could imagine is in the Hadith. So like if you're, let's say, you know, for us as a Christian, we, a lot of the more, I guess, academic, academically minded uh, Christians would read a lot. They would do research, read articles and such. Do Muslims that are devout look at the Hadith by themselves? So you have training schools, just like you have Christian Bible colleges, you have seminaries, and in the madrasas, uh, in some of those areas, younger students are taught the Quran and the Hadith. Oh. And in their training seminaries, yes, you would definitely learn the Hadith, and you would memorize Hadith. Really? But most of the Hadith is just passed down, like they don't know why they do a certain thing, they just learn from their parents to do a certain thing, and if you tie it back, you can go and look, and there's a Hadith that talks about it. Interesting. So there's a website called Search Truth. Uh-huh. And if you look at search truth, you can actually search all six authentic hadith and you can search by keyword. You can see all of the hadith that talk about uh, the strange and unusual things. If you want to know rules or I've even had some Muslim friends ask me, hey, is there a hadith about this? And I'll just look it up real quick and, and tell them, yeah, there's a hadith that mentions this. You are traveling, so you don't have to fast because you're going this many days, you know, by travel. It, it, it sounds really. Um, oh, it's comprehensive. Complicated. Well, to no. know, I mean, to know, to you, know, you could, I don't, I don't follow. know that you could know. I don't think you could know all of it. But if you're ever curious about why a Muslim does something, it's probably in the Hadith and it's probably something Muhammad was doing. Now, are there groups of Muslims that uh, emphasize one Hadith over another? 
You know, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, I think that there probably are some Hadith that are more upheld by some schools of thought than others, but I don't know for sure mm. about that. I know the, the two that are most recognized by the majority of Muslims are Sahih Bukhari, which is B-H-U-K-A-R-I, mm-hmm. and Sahih Muslim. Those are the two that are most often quoted and referenced. And, and so when, uh, when people start to look into the Hadith, um, are there times where something will be emphasized that wasn't emphasized before amongst like all Muslims because of somebody bringing it out to light. You know how Christians will have certain aspects of our theology that somebody will bring out, some preacher or pastor, and it'll all of a sudden, you know, go across. Absolutely. The... I think probably the most controversial things that are happening right now in the Hadith have to do with uh, feminism and women's rights because the Hadith are incredibly misogynistic, um, negative towards women. And so there are some women scholars right now that are calling for a reinterpretation of hadith. So, for instance, somebody may have heard uh, three things nullify prayer, um, a donkey, a dog, and a woman. So that's a hadith, and it's an authentic hadith. And so women have been oppressed by this hadith. But then there are other hadith where, for instance, one of Muhammad's wife, Aisha, who's one of my favorite characters in the Muslim tradition, Aisha would say that there were times where she would lay in between Muhammad and the Qibla, the place to the direction of the prayer and there was no issue and so she would argue that this hadith was probably unauthentic and so some muslim scholars particularly women are arguing for a reinterpretation of trying to discredit are, some yes, of these that yes. have been believed mm-hmm. wow yeah there's another hadith about women that's incredibly negative that says that uh, uh that i believe it was muhammad saw a vision of hell and uh, a majority of its inhabitants were women Oh, and so you can see how these hadith, would, the women would feel that these need to be reinterpreted because they're incredibly negative towards women. Uh, the idea of the testimony of a woman only being worth uh, half the testimony of a man. You need two women to testify against a man. Oh, I was going to ask, how does that work? Because they're deficient in right. their religion. Um, so when they call for a reinterpretation, who do they... Who do they call to? Who do the I? scholars? The scholars. They'll argue that there are other hadith that discredit this one person who has been discredited already in his other hadith, and he should not be included in the authentic hadith. There's a lady named Fatima Mernissi that's a Moroccan sociologist who's done some really interesting work. If you're interested in studying about hadith and the reinterpretation uh, or reconsideration of authentic hadith, she's one that you should look at. And so, uh, are there scholars that are coming on board? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. See, that's the thing. I mean, Islam is an on, it's undergoing and it will be an ongoing sort of, uh, you know, reformation for a 21st century interpretation. There are those that are going to be on the side that want to argue that uh, we need to reconsider these things to move forward mm-hmm. in our religious aspirations. And then there are those that are going to say, nope, society might be moving forward, but we have the perfect thing that we need right here. We shouldn't change at all. So when you talk about fundamentalism, fundamentalist Muslims... They are. Is this a reaction to some of this kind of yep. moderate, sure, liberalish, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. Sure. Yeah. No. There's plenty of hadith that are quite negative, and plenty of hadith that reference jihad and war and give just reason for war. And these are the ones that more moderate Muslims would want to reinterpret and say, no, this was sufficient for the time, for this transitionary period. But we need to reinterpret these for the 21st century. You know, Islam isn't under attack like this. And fundamentalists would say, no, Islam is under attack, and we do need these hadith, and this is how we're going to call for uh, Muslim Muslim to action. But but wouldn't it uh, be a a disintegration of Muslim theology to fundamentalists to see women trying to call for a reinterpretation? 
Well, see, that's the thing. Uh, it's often argued that women don't have uh, a say in Islam and that this is a Western thing, right? Mm-hmm. But there is a hadith where Muhammad said, two-thirds of the religion can you take from the little ruddy one, which was actually Aisha's nickname, and that Aisha was not only did she give hadith, because she gives quite a few hadith. Like really? People would say, I heard this person say that this person say that this person say that Aisha said that Muhammad said, and when Aisha said it, people listened, because she was the closest to Muhammad. No. And so she gives hadith, and then she also discredits people's hadith. So there are hadith about her discrediting someone else's hadith, saying, but, they, but they're still in there, so they don't like oh, no, cut no, no. them out. They do once oh. once somebody's discredited, it, they will remove it. So if there's a negative hadith and Aisha says, you know, that this person's a liar or this person must have misheard, some of those hadith can be removed. And so the 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 hadith are not fixed, in other words, and that's what they're arguing right now over what hadith should and shouldn't be in there. there there's not a fixed set that will be forevermore. Right. So are you saying that there's still like text in one of the hadiths that will discredit another hadith, but they're still in there at the time being because they haven't been examined? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Like okay. I mean, there's like I mentioned the the text about the dog, woman, and uh, right. donkey, and Aisha's. Uh, essentially discrediting it, but both hadith are still present there in Bukhari. Interesting. Okay, so a quick question about who writes these hadiths. The first people, they're the ones that are very close to Muhammad? Well, you had to have heard him say it. Um, So there's the hadith where you say, I heard Muhammad say this, and that's what most of the hadith are. There's another type of hadith, uh, I believe it's called hadith kutzi, which would be the, I heard Muhammad say that God said this. And it's not the Ooh. Quran, but it's Muhammad saying that God says, Allah says this. So it's like kind of adding, higher, adding to the Quran, but right. it's still in the Hadith, so it's not divine. Yeah, no, it's not adding to the Quran, but it's 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 held up there higher than just Muhammad saying something. It's God, oh. Muhammad saying that God said something. So do they separate that? Do they? they is that in a the separate Hadith? No, they're all in the same. Okay, hadith, so they're just kind of intermingled in there, right? So these are people that are close to Muhammad enough that they have relationship with Muhammad? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You need okay. to be a reliable source. So it's not hearsay. It's just not some weird some guy dude coming out this. yeah, talking crazy. Right, because I was wondering that would kind of ruin uh, the validity. I think. And there are a lot of hadith like that, but those are not the authentic ones. Like I said, there's only six volumes of the authentic hadith. And then there's plenty of hadith that have been just discredited or said that that's a weak hadith. All right, so this show wouldn't be possible without sponsors. And at this point in the show is where, if you want to partner with us, we would put your ad. So if you want to be a part of the show, you, you want like, to partner with us. You like what we're doing. You want to be on our team, what have you. Bring this show to the world. Then email us and let us know. You had mentioned two hadiths that were popular um, today, the most popular today. Why are they more popular than others? Which ones? The ones that you mentioned. Um... Do you remember what you said? The, no. You you had said these are the two most <laughs> most read or something like that. Oh, the the ones about jihad, probably. Oh, that's yeah. what you're saying. And, and it's interesting see, because see jihad, how I misrepresented what you said. That's right. That's right. This is dangerous. So jihad, actually, the the most uh, proper reading of jihad according to the hadith most often is is war. Um, the hadith about the internal struggle is actually quite rare, but that's the one that most Muslims cite. So that's one of those scenarios where even the most um, kind of ambiguous hadith has actually taken precedence over the other hadith. Oh, so it's a it's an interesting part of the religion, and I think most people don't recognize that they think that it probably comes from the Quran, but it's really the hadith. You'll see people brushing their teeth a certain way with a little stick. Huh. It's in the hadith. 
Um, you, I'm really, I can't over exaggerate how much is there. You know how we, uh, in the West have been extremely influenced by, uh, was it the time of the Renaissance, uh, where we were looking at sources, original sources, you know, like we were reading the original texts. We wanted to get back and not just hear commentaries of, um, do you find that with Muslims, uh, there's a sense of powerlessness because they don't know the Hadith. There's so much that could be said in the Hadith that they didn't know about and they're doing something wrong. I think so, and that's why I think there's a kind of a battle between the reformers and the fundamentalists because they're both reaching for the text that the vast majority don't know, and so they don't know who to believe about the Wait, text. Like reaching for the text to bolster their their exactly. side, their argument. They're they're pulling things out of the text to argue for reformation. They're pulling things out of the text to argue for going backwards. I mean, for instance, I was just looking at this hadith. It's one that I think is. Um, interesting. I, I always say, you know, you could ask a Muslim, you know, do you have sin in your life? And you might get the answer, no. Well, there's a hadith that was narrated by Abu Huraira, who has a lot of hadith, by the way, that says, the messenger of Allah said, right, all of my followers' sins will be forgiven except those made public. That is, when a man commits a sin at night and then makes it known during the day, even though Allah has screened him in the night. So when you go to a Muslim and you say, do you have sin in your life? What you're really asking him to do is something horrible, to bring something that is screened and shielded at night by the grace and mercy of Allah to public and shame himself publicly and also, you know, his family or whoever else. Wow. But that's, that, that's, that's a that, hadith. That's out of Bukhari. That's uh, that honor-shame paradigm thing that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, that's amazing. So there's, there's just filled with hadith. You should go on Search Truth, type in some interesting words that you'd like to look up in the hadith. If you've ever wondered why do Muslims sit this way when they pray, or why do they hold their hands here when they pray, why do they eat this, why don't they eat this, it's all in the hadith. One of my favorite ones, uh, I had a student recently who was taking a world religions course from another professor, and he was teaching something on Islam, and so he came to me and he said that the professor had told him, if you could teach us something about Islam, if you could teach the professor something about Islam, he didn't currently know that they would get an A on their presentation. <laughs> so, of course, he comes to my office and he says, what could I say that he doesn't already know? Now, this is, this is Dave, right? right. Dave Cash is right. like a walking encyclopedia. Yeah, he knows. <laughs> and so I, I was scoring through the hadith and I was like, oh, here we go. There's one hadith that says that Muhammad is actually the brother of Jesus because they have the same father. And I said, what? you need, yeah. There's a hadith. You guys look it up in Search Truth. This will force you to go to learn how to use the hadith search tool. It says that Muhammad and Jesus are brothers because they have the same father. Now, I'm not saying this is a case for Jesus being the Son of God. I don't think that's what the hadith is saying at all. I think he's saying they have a spiritual connection with Allah. They're both messengers of Allah. They're prophets of Allah. That's what the text means. So don't use that as an evangelism tool. But what I told the student to use it as is at the end of your presentation, you need to say to the professor that Muhammad and Jesus are two brothers from another mother. And that's something you didn't know about Islam. And I don't know if they did it or not. Oh, man. I still don't know. We I gotta to, ask. We, yeah, we need to hear the end of that story. It's like a cliffhanger. Yeah, so that's in the Hadith. Wow. Okay, so um, we got... Uh, uh, how many more in this series? A hundred? A hundred and one. Right. Yeah, we'll probably do a little bit about uh, Islamic law. We really need to do the common ground, the nature of God. Do we worship the same God? That's a question that keeps coming up from yeah. people. Do and we got a lot of hits on articles whenever we publish stuff like that. Yeah, so we need to talk about the do Muslims and Christians worship the same God, the character and the nature of God according to Islam, the attributes of God. Um, yeah, there's yeah. a lot. There's a lot there. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.